guys, what's up? Chad Hermanson here. Today I got a special guest, a former first round pick with the Florida Marlins in the 95 draft, Jaime Jones. Jaime played for 11 years. He played with the Marlins, with the Diamondbacks, with the Royals. Jaime, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Good. Thanks for having me, Chad. Good to see you. Wish I could see you on the field, but unfortunately we're from each other's homes on. That's right. Yeah, so Jaime, I'm in Vegas. Jaime's in Southern California. You're in San Diego, right? Yeah. There. So Jaime comes from the, I guess you would call it infamous high school of, of Rancho Bernardo. Yes, right. I was actually the start of it. So when I was a freshman, it was in his second year. So I was the first four year, got, went to the school for four years. Graduated okay. So yeah. Okay, weird. so that's, that's a lot like, so when I was a freshman, that's when Green Valley opened here in Henderson, Nevada. So yeah. kind of a fairly new school. So probably the hot school everybody wanted to attend, right? Uh, at the time, yeah. It was more because, for me, it was because of Blaylock, the coach, is why I went there. I had a choice to go to Poway or Ranch Bernardo, and I knew about Blaylock. And uh, so that's why I chose to go to Ranch Bernardo, when most of my friends ended up going to Poway. Okay, yeah. So you were – it's kind of funny because I – and up until about a year ago – my my son, he kind of took some of my things and put put them in his room, and you and I, we were we were we were all Americans our senior year in high school together, right? We made like yeah. the USA Today All American team, so I got to see your face like almost every day, <laughs> walking into my son's room because he had us sitting there. But no, you were top outfield prospect in the '95 draft. Um, yeah. In, in the country. So I wanted to ask you, you know, what was that like for you? Was it, did you feel like there's high expectations here? Kind of walk us through that experience. Actually, it's kind of, it's ironic because, you know, now being in scouting and people talk about the draft and, and the pressures of being in the draft. And I know times have changed between now and then. My brother was drafted before I was out of high school. So I got to see a lot of the scouts come in and out of the house. And it was something that I knew that I always wanted to do. Believe it or not, I never really felt a whole lot of pressure going through high school. I always kind of had the confidence that I was good. And I always had the confidence when, you know, when I would play against, I remember you, you guys came to play in the Lions tournament and I knew who you were. And I, when I would play in the upper deck and I knew I read about everybody and when scouts would come to the game, I always looked at it as an opportunity like to show everybody how good I was. And I just never, I don't think I ever, I just always had confidence in my ability going through high school and into the draft. And it wasn't overconfidence, it was an inner confidence. I never did anything out on the field or talked or anything like that. It was all personal and inside. Yeah, no doubt. So, I remember the exact same thing. Remember, you kind of get the you get that Lions tournament schedule. You're like, oh, sweet. We're playing these guys. Jaime Jones is on that team. Like, that's the guy, right? So, now you were a – you were an outfielder playing – you playing some center field, right field, probably all outfield spots. But you were also a pitcher. So, you were – you were actually a two-way guy. Tell us how you were actually – how that process was and why you decided to be a hitter. Well, growing up, everybody did everything. It was kind of like, what do you guys want to go do? I was left-handed, so sometimes in Little League, you play shortstop, you play wherever. As I got older, outfield was more of kind of a boring position. I played more first base, and I was pretty good at first, but I also pitched. And then as I got closer to the draft, 
my arm got better. Uh, my speed got better. It, it was always pretty good through high school growing up. And then it was kind of one of those things where you're kind of, you're not using all of your tools at first, go to center. And then playing center field and pitch, I just, I, I pitched to win, but then I got to a point where when pitching, I wanted to be more of a hitter. I wanted to, that's, that's what I was going to get drafted high as was more of a hitter. Pitcher was always like a secondary thing for the team. When I got to the point of like, I'm just going to hit, I kind of gave like in my senior year, I pitched in four games that we needed to win. And then after that, I was kind of done. Like I would, I didn't want to pitch, you know, every other day or every once or twice a week. Like I wanted to focus on hitting. I didn't, it was just something that, and I was lucky enough to do it that I came from a program where the pitchers around me either got drafted or went to pretty good schools. So we had a pitching staff that allowed me to do that. And we still, we still won. So I was yeah. lucky. If, <laughs> if I didn't have that, I would have pitched probably every day as much as I could. Right. Yeah. So you, so you had the knack for hitting. And I remember a lot of talk about, and I would agree with, I mean, being a left hand, I mean, you, you consider going to be a power hitter, could play some center field with his arm, could easily shift a right field, you know, could be a staple there for a long time. But you, you said a lot of guys do two-way in high school, and, and we kind of tend to – it seems like a lot are getting away from that as far as they get to high school. If you're at a really good school, you know, it's probably because you do have all the arms. You know, like I never pitched once in high school. <laughs> I remember that. So we, I think the worst school that you're at, you could say probably they're going to need you to pitch more and be one of their starters. Yeah. I just kind of chuckle at when I go to games and see people like it's a big thing. It's, you know, you know, he hit and came in and pitched and it's like, what about if somebody hit and went like four for five and came in and threw 95, what would you guys do then? Like today in today's world with Twitter. Right. And it was kind of like, that's what some people were doing back then. And I don't know how realistic it is for a two-way guy out of high school to go into pro ball and be a two-way guy. It's pretty hard to do both. I think, unless you're just gifted with never getting an arm injury. Yeah, no, it's a hit. As we know, hitting's hard enough, right? Uh, when you're when your mind is fully invested in it, it, it's hard enough to do that. So, so you get drafted. You're for, you're the sixth overall pick in the, in the '95 draft. Probably, I think probably the first high school outfielder taken, if my memory serves me correctly. And and so, what do you do? You go to rookie ball. What's what's minor league baseball like for you? So I, I took some time off because I graduated so late and my mom made it a rule to the Marlins. We're not going to do anything until he graduates from high school. Once he graduates, we'll do the talks or whatever. And, and that took, I think, like half a night to do. <laughs> um, since I missed, missed so much time, I had to go do the workout and sign my contract. I went to the Gulf Coast League for a couple games. And then after that, and thank God it was only a couple games. And after that, to the New York Penn League in Elmira, New York. And that's where I eventually met you for the first time, I think. So you got a – you didn't really get a taste of the Gulf Coast League. I remember it was one game in the outfield and one game DH, and then I got called up. If you look at my uh, – there's five games there. I don't know how they got the other three in there. So that's not even fair. You didn't even spend a couple of weeks, a couple of months in the rookie ball. You I were <laughs> I'm very. I'm very happy that that happened that way. It worked out that way. Yeah, I don't know about you, but so when I'm talking to, to high school kids, as far as on the scouting scene now, now you guys, you're with the Rays, you're in, you're in Florida, 
the Angels were in Arizona. Either way, you know, all the heat in Arizona, Florida is hot and it's humid. Yeah. When I first got to rookie ball, and you, you're out there all morning, right, practicing for a few hours, come back in, you have lunch, and then you head right back out there for your game at like 1 p.m. Yeah. And I was like, this is pro ball? And I didn't realize, like, oh, yeah, this is a job now. Yeah. Right? You, now you, but you kind of got to skip that. And luckily, I was only – I think I was in rookie ball for maybe three, four weeks. I experienced a little bit because I didn't play from the time our CIF game was over until I signed. So I went there to kind of get back in shape a little bit. So I was there for probably maybe two or three weeks, and then I played a month in the New York Penn League. Yeah. Yeah, so that's when it gets fun, I thought, because now – now you got the 7 p.m. game. You're on the, the normal routine and schedule of pro ball. Uh, you're playing in front of fans, so it can, can bring you some energy and some yeah. enthusiasm to it. So walk us through what was the – we'll kind of broaden this, the spectrum here. What was minor league life like for you? Like, did you enjoy the routine of it all? Yeah, I did. Like, I, I definitely think, like, my mindset was for it. I don't think that it was one of those things – I do know, like, my first year, that the year in the New York Penn League, that was the longest 30 days of my life. It just seemed like it dragged on forever. And then I think going into the instructional league and everything else, that was a little bit long, too. And then once I got into – everything was kind of different. And then once you get into, like, the, um, the, the Midwest League in King County, I was ready for it. And then all of a sudden you get out there, and it was, like, eight degrees. A ball, a ball on, and then it's like you just keep learning new stuff and that's back when we didn't have under armor so you would put on like yes. turtlenecks and like five pairs of socks and yeah you can't move right <laughs> so everything was I didn't mind it I liked it I mean I couldn't see looking back doing it anything differently as far as like being able to adapt to it I got along with everybody and it was a it was fun experience to meet different people from different parts of the country and, and, and um, from, you know, from Latin America and also to see, you know, I look back today when things pop up on TV and tell my daughter, like, yeah, I've been there. Like I was there. This is what I did there. And so it's a lot of fun. It's a good experience for me. And then the Miley's it's a grind, you know, and that's kind of what I try to usually emphasize, especially with the high school kid that they're not really sure what they're getting themselves into. And it's, and it, you can kind of sense the, the passion that the kid has for the game or not and really wants to grind it out and get after it. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I, I don't know about you, but I've even told a kid like, look, this is what it is. And in the kind of the back of my mind, I'm like, this might not be the right route for you. Yeah. Right. Do you, do you ever get into that experience as a scout? I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times when I talk to the kids, you know, there's a, there's a conversation we always, I always have with the parents is like, you know, what do you want to do? Like, what do you, like, what do you actually want to do? And I kind of make it clear, like I'm speaking to the kid, like I'm not speaking to the mom hmm. or to the dad. Like, what do you want to do when you put your head down your, on your pillow at night? What does your gut tell you? Like, you might not have, you might not have talked this over with your parents. Like it's something inside of you that's telling you like, yeah, I'm ready to do this. And they asked me like, well, when did you know? And I tell them like, probably when I was about eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> do like I saw my brother do it and it's like I'm good I want to play towards the draft I saw college ball I went and w watched him play in minor leagues and it was like 
Like, I want to get on with my career here. I want to use a wooden bat. I want to go out and play against college players that have been drafted and play for an organization and try to work your way, you know, to the top. No and doubt. We have the conversation. I get, I, get a, I get a blank look, but, yeah, we have the, we've had the conversations. Or the look of, like, they look over at mom, like, what should I say here? Like, <laughs> I haven't decided yet, and it's, it's May 15th, and it's like, you know, you, you probably you should, you know now. If you haven't decided, you should go to college, I think. Yeah. No, it's, I, I don't really pressure kids to, hey, pro ball is way better than college or one way or the other. It's kind of getting to know the kid and, and really what he wants to do because this is their life. It's their career. And I know some scouts do some different things. You know, I, the last thing I, I do is put parents and a kid in a pressure situation. Yeah. Like, I need an answer right now, you know. <laughs> no, I even with the thought when I walk out of the house, like, and you get the kid's face where you know, like, this isn't what he wants to do. But we don't talk, I don't talk. It's just, you know, just like you get everything else. It's a gut feeling about kids sometimes. Yeah, no but doubt. Some of the way the, the conversation has led up to that point, the thing, the way they answer. When they talk about their school a lot more than they talk about pro ball, you know, just different things. Yeah. And, you know, I think kids nowadays should go to college. Well, yeah, and I, I was just going to say that if you're a parent or a kid, like, that's okay, right? It, it, we know, like, it's really hard. Like, if, you, like, if you're a high school kid going to pro ball, you better know who you are. Like, yeah. There's some influence out there that they can get you in trouble in a hurry, right? So I, I talk a lot about that. And if you're kind of – if you're not quite sure where you are, you're mature enough to handle yourself – right and and not be influenced because you're 17 18 years old you start getting around 23 24 year olds kids that were juniors and seniors which is a it's a big gap you know yeah. <laughs> but you, you better know how to handle yourself you yeah. know have have thick skin um you're meeting all the latin players that that are mainly fun you know it's it's a lot of fun in games but they'll, they'll get on you too you know so you better be able to take some negativity and there's just all types of intangibles that go with it. So, And the worst case scenario, if you don't choose it, you get three, four more years of college, maybe yeah. get a degree out of it and do this all over again. And no doubt. No. You're better off for it. Yeah. I, I mean, most kids that were, that I've been able to interview in high school that ended up going, um, and I'll give you an example. You probably remember Caden uh, Grenier. Yeah. Um, he lives here in Vegas. He was a prospect out of Gorman. He went to Oregon State. Um, he just, for different reasons, that he didn't get the number he wanted in the draft. And then he also felt that he would probably mature a lot and get better in college. And he ends up being a first-round pick. Yeah. You know? And he's like, that's the, probably the best decision I ever made. So I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a big jump. On back of it is a backup point, which has mm -hmm. worked out good for him. Yeah. You know? So let's talk about we all have struggles in this game. And you play long enough that, you know, if we talk about hitting here, what were – what were some of the struggles that you went through and how the ways that you got out of them? Maybe we talk about slumps or the mental part of the game. How did you handle all that stuff? Probably a lot of my struggles early on were, were some, probably some of the stuff that you hit on with, with um, you know, the temptations off the field and some maybe lack of preparation coming into spring training, which I went from being a player that was believed in his ability to – like what you said, this is a job now to a player where I had to make the adjustment of figuring out a routine for myself. And it took a while for me to do. 
I went from a player that was taught early on in my career, everything's about mechanics. When I wasn't that player in high school, it was just raw ability. To later on in my career, I would, became a player that was built on and taught about approach and having a plan when he went to the plate. And I think once I started learning the plan and the approach, that kind of minimized the slumps. Doing more of the mechanic thing, which it was not good for me. It was okay. I mean, times where I would look around and be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yes. No, I like, I used to be any age, you could take me, let me hit against anybody and just natural ability would take over and I would have a quality of bat. But once I started worrying about like, get your foot down, get your hands back, look for the fastball. The next thing you know, a fastball will go right by me. And I'm trying to put <laughs> my foot down on time. Right. You got into overthinking. Way overthinking early on. And what if, yeah. I, I just think once, and it, it, I lost my path, I think at some point in my career when I was younger, of how to get back to where I used to be because I think my mechanics were so far out of whack, if that makes sense. Was there, and what's hard about that is when you go through that process of, okay, like now I'm, I'm starting to think about my swing for some reason. Yeah. Right? And, and I, I remember like you had one of the prettiest swings that you ever see from a lefty, you know, it's just natural, you know, it's like a combination of John Olrood and, and, and I don't know, Daryl Strawberry. I don't know who you want to throw in there, but it was beautiful. Yeah. And then at some point you just, you started thinking every about, give me, give me an example of, you kind of touched on it earlier, but an example of an at bat where you get in there and you have these five, six, seven, eight thoughts going through your head. Oh, I, I mean, you can kind of mush them all together where <laughs> there's times where like literally I didn't even like see the ball. Like I remember swinging at pitches and thinking like, that ball had to have bounced probably like, you know, it was close and it probably bounced like two feet in front of home plate. I've had times where I've swung at fastballs that I was so late on that, you know, the ones where you foul it off over like I was lefty. So it'd be over like above the third base dugout and everyone scatters. And it's like, and I just stepped back thinking like, this is really bad, but I <laughs> where it's like how to correct that was I try, I was trying to correct it with, and some of the, the hitting coaches I had trying to correct it was just talking nothing about mechanics. So I was going from like spread out, open, toe taps. I mean, no load, load with just your legs. And it was like, as I got older, I mean, I had some injuries and had to sit out for a while. Then I started watching TV, watching people that I knew on TV and kind of just thinking a little bit, thinking like, man, they just make it look so easy. And I remember just getting up in my living room practicing things and then all of a sudden the old me kind of just came back naturally how I would stand like not trying to get into a stance just standing there yeah and then I met Rick Renteria was my manager one year he lived by me he's the White Sox manager now and I remember for off season we just worked out we just talked about hitting and it was like about how hitters would attack just me or anybody else and I was like I don't have to even worry about mechanics anymore right. Like, I'm just worrying about this other stuff. And it, it kind of changed a lot of different things. I mean, it might have happened a little bit too late in my career, but uh, it's kind of like who I am now if I talk about hitting. Yeah. Well, it's like – it's almost like we all have to go through this struggle of, guy, you know, we're, we're up here, and then all of a sudden we get knocked down a few pegs. 
and we start thinking too much. We, we start implementing. We try new things. Anybody that's played this game for a long time, we've all been in those shoes, right? And, it's, and then you get that one person that can come and say, hey, dude, stop thinking. Do this. Just have an approach. What's your approach? And then trust your ability to do what you've been doing your whole life. Yeah. And that's what Rick was. We talked about it every day. I saw him every day for about three months and we would just do certain things with hitting, but it even affected my defense too, for a while. Like I would even go out and just think like, I mean, there was times like, what am I doing here? Like, this is, this, like, this is like, I can't be, like I've never done this in my life. Yeah. And the game, as you know, it happens every day. Like you don't get to just get, you don't get Friday and Saturday off with it. It happens every single day. And um, so with him going through all that and, and, and you know, we just kind of re got, he got, got me back to who I was and, and believing, you know, more in myself and what got me to that point. And it was like somebody just took a tank off my shoulders and, and kind of just threw it off and made fun again. Yeah. So that was my next kind of my next question was it got to the point where the game was not fun for you. Oh yeah. There was times where, yeah, there was times where about the middle of my career, I think when I got released, finally released by the Marlins in my sixth year, like right before I, I was coming back from uh, a shoulder surgery, a uh, hand surgery. Um, so I was battling those things on top of it. And then I got, you know, I was, then I got the release and it was kind of like, it was a gut check. Like I need to figure something out here. Like I need to get back to, well, first I need to clear my head. Cause I had offers to go play for, with a couple other teams. The Cardinals was one of them in, in double A. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to go home. Like I got to go like heal up, get everything ready. And, and then Rick came home in the off season and we kind of got to work with everything. And that's when I signed with, I had a couple different teams I could have signed with, signed with the uh, Diamondbacks and kind of, that was like more of a, it's kind of like an introduction all over again to pro ball because I remember going to spring training. I worked with Rick all off season. I went to spring training with the Diamondbacks and someone threw me a first pitch curveball. And I was like, I haven't seen that in like almost a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I had to scramble to start figuring all that stuff out again. So it was, but it was fun. It was fun trying to figure. And I had a blast the last few years I was playing with the Diamondbacks and the, the Royals. But yeah, it was, there was a time though that the game was miserable. Yeah, I think sometimes when you have that a little bit of extra time to maybe step back, yeah. maybe kind of reflect, okay, what do I still want to do it? Let my body heal up because I'm banged up, you know, playing, been playing this my whole life. Yeah. You kind of get that itch again, like, okay, I'm going to go out and do this thing. Now, you had mentioned that kind of even fast forward now, maybe a few years later, that you're kind of on the tail end of your career, right? Mm -hmm. And you – did, was there at some point you mentioned that you went and pitched in independent ball? What was that all about? I ended up playing with the Royals in AAA, I think, in 06. Uh -huh. And was it 06? Yeah. You know, it's kind of you hit the fork in the road. You want to keep grinding out minor league seasons as, as something that you're struggling to get on teams with or, you know, platooning maybe. or So, I, I you know, I just came home and, and I wanted to start a life also – with my wife and, and give her some time. She's been there with me through everything. So I just thought like, you know what? I'm left-handed. I'm going to try this one thing, like to just do it real quick and see what happens. And yeah. got together with the pitching guy here in San Diego that I've known for a long time. And we started doing it. 
And as I was doing it, I had fun doing it. I went out to the, um, I think it was the, the North Northern League, mm-hmm. Kansas City T-Bones. Um, pitched out of the pin for them. They let me hit one time, which was a huge mistake because I hit an opposite field home run, and I was like, this is way better. <laughs> Asking them, hey, can I hit? And then every day coming out of the pen, I'd come out of the pen like once or twice, three times, sometimes back-to-back days. And I was like, my arm started hurting again. But it, or it wasn't like, I wasn't hurt. And I was just like, oh, this is why I don't like pitching at all. Like it, all that started coming back. And I was like, and that's when I just kind of hung it up. Yeah. So you, you're like, now, now I got to actually train like a pitcher, which is a completely different animal. Yeah. And I just got through hitting in a game and it was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go back as a hitter again. So yeah. I didn't have the passion to do it. And it was, I think I was 30 at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, it was time. My career and it was just time. Yeah, I don't know what it is about 30, because 30 was when I was done. Yeah. And, you know, went through in, some injuries late, later in my 20s. Yeah. Uh, trying to get back in, and and I, I was just about to have my fourth kid. Yeah. And so it was kind of one of those things where I got released by the Angels out of spring training, late in spring training, so you're like, well, dude, I'm not going to get – the reality of me, someone picking me up is going to be very difficult. I ended up signing to go play for Butch Hobson in an independent league. And about two weeks into that, as far as I was still at home kind of preparing and training for it, I was like, it just kind of hit me, like, like smacked me in the face. Like, like, dude, this is it. You know, it's, what was that like for you? Cause we've, we've talked about that with some other guests I've had that there, there comes a point in time where you say, okay, I, I got to move on. We'll, we'll kind of walk us through that. What was that like for you? It was hard. I mean, I still think about it. I literally think about it every day about just playing. Like, I go to games, and I, st- I still lay down at night and vision, like, pitches that I've, t- like, taken in the past, that home runs that I've hit, or just certain, certain parts of the game. You know, I don't miss the spring training part at all. I miss seeing players and friends and coaches. But there's just – there's certain things I do miss. There's certain things I don't miss bus rides. I don't miss – the four o'clock wake up for plane flights there's right (laughs) kind of I really like being a scout I like being a part of baseball but I'm still at home with my family which I really enjoy a lot yeah when you when you start getting family involved and you're not an established big leaguer right and you're trying to grind it out in the minor leagues in your late 20s maybe early 30s it, it becomes a whole different dynamic and then you see like, I, I remember my, my boy, who was about five at the time, he, he, like, was – he wasn't even eating. I was in Albuquerque that summer, and he was, like, struggling to keep weight on. And, you know, dad would, kept leaving, you know, had some issues with that. And, and I'm like, you got to kind of take a step back, right? And you're like, well, this isn't necessarily about me anymore. Yeah. Right? I got my wife to take care of and these kids. But it's hard, right? It's one of the hardest things you have to ever do is – kind of like hey dude this is it you know and it it, it's, it takes a long time I it, for me I'm like you like there's there's still things that you have that go through your mind you're like god I wish I would have done this right or I wish I would have handled that better oh yeah you know little things like that so or even even nightmares <laughs> yeah like, so, I think like what is what were you doing then like what were you thinking it is more the mechanic stuff like why did you go so long with just 
with those type of like thoughts in your head and, and let them like drag out, you know, instead of just doing something differently or, or basically being the person that gets drafted and who I was and staying being that person instead of being the person that's trying to please a coach by saying like, Oh, you tried this. And I said, okay. When yeah. I, re- in the end, they're really, I view it as like they were benefiting more of themselves than it was me personally. But I like to please and try to show coaches what my ability and what I could do. And it ended up hurting me in the long run, which it's ultimately my, you know, it's my responsibility, my, my fault for not taking ownership at the time. Okay. So that would, if you were to say, if I were to ask you, what's your biggest piece of advice for, say, a young high school kid, a college kid, uh, maybe has a chance to go play some pro ball, or even in high school, they're, they're dealing with some coaches and working with coaches. What would be your, your advice for them? I would say first go in with a plan. Go in, if you, have, if you have people around you that have played the game, talk to them about plans with the game. If you, if you don't wanna talk about playing, you just have natural ability, you can't be afraid to, cause I know I was like this, you're 18 years old, you're going around all these you know, guys that have either played in the big leagues at some point, they might've looked like they played, you don't really know when you show up to, any, to these camps. They've been around minor league ball for a while. They'll name drop some guys that they've worked with or they've seen. To be, you just can't get intimidated by that. And you have to explain to people respectfully, like, you know, if, if something, if they're, if they're doing something that you think is altering your swing, which I think is a big no-no, I think it's red flags right there, that you have to be able to have a conversation with somebody. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody. And if you talk to somebody and you're respectful, and it doesn't go the way you necessarily want it, that you don't be afraid to go talk to, you know, the farm director or your hitting coach or, or whoever. I just think there needs to be, I've worked with my scout ball kids mm-hmm. in the past and we've talked about hitting or they didn't like certain things. And I've always told them like, or even some of my minor leaguers that I've drafted, like, Hey, just go talk to the coach. Like you have to have a dialogue with them so you guys can get on the same page of what you want to do. And after that, if that doesn't work, then you have to go back to the drawing board. But just the please, 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 and then look back at it and have regrets, kind of like what I did, is I think it's just a recipe, I think, for failure. Or could be. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I definitely went through some same things. And when you talk to a lot of hitters, there is that, like you always want to be coachable, you know, and you always want to listen. And now it's a completely different dynamic with hitters, it seems like, because now you have so much video, they can analyze and slow down everything to where guys are hitting a certain way. And I'm sure you probably have some opinions on. For me, my my whole thing was I, I was constantly thinking about my bat path, which I think maybe you were as well. What are your thoughts on all the new, you could say new hitting techniques that we're, we're seeing nowadays? When I like the time that when we grew up and hitting, there was we didn't have a whole like for me, like hitting was like you see your guys on TV, and like I used to watch Will Clark and love to swing. I didn't try to, I was I tried to be Will Clark when I was like 12. Yeah, and then in high school, I realized like I got to kind of be myself, but I still like Will Clark and, and I like how his hands work and I like how you know other players' hands work and what they do. I just try to figure out a way to be me and watching kids now listening to one person or another person or seeing stuff on TV or YouTube. 
and you try to see all these kids that are different. I just, I look at it and I, I don't know if I feel bad for them, but I just, just go hit. It's high school. You know what I mean? Like worry about stuff later on, like figure out what kind of hitter, like you, you don't do a launch angle if you can't, if you don't have the power to hit a home run, like become a good hitter. I've always, I guess, been taught just to become a good hitter. Right. You know, even in high school, I never thought about hitting home runs. I hit them, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to, I wanted to go four for four. Yeah. Your home, your home runs were a result of a good swing. Yeah. You, you happen to catch a little bit out front and you hit a 450 down the right field line. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I never, I never once geared my swing towards any kind of like path or home run. Like obviously I wanted to be short. I wanted my barrel to stay in the zone. I wanted the hands back. I wanted balance. I wanted to be able to see the ball. And I always took great pride in trying to have like bat speed. Like, and also I remember growing up as a kid, my dad used to always, I tell him like, Hey dad, I hit a home run today again. Yeah. I hit a home run against it you know, today again. And he remember, I remember him saying to me, like, hey, like, who are you hitting them off? And I'd be like, oh, it's just nobody's not, like, anything. He goes, when you start hitting some good pitchers with velocity, and then he's like, you'll know that when you become a good hitter. He goes, you know, you should beat up on some of these other kids. And that's the way I learned how to hit in the batting cage. See as many pitches as possible and and work your swing with okay. – with. Yeah, no, that, dads always want to put you in your place, right? <laughs> Act like, yeah, you know, you know, I got to hit the Chad Hutchins in the world when I was in high school or like when we played in the New York Penn League, like, you know, you pull up to, I think it was Wilmington, Kerry Woods pitching, like, okay, I have to hit this guy to prove that I'm a good hitter or have quality of bats against him. Right. No and doubt. He, the nastiest curveballs I still remember to this day. <laughs> As a lefty, probably buckled you from the left side, right? <laughs> Blue hit, struck me out and a walk. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I'm he, happy with that. Yeah. Kerry, what was the same draft? You know, it's kind of funny how anytime you're drafted in the same draft, you kind of, you have this little this thing about maybe it's competition within the draft and you, you pay attention to everybody that was in that draft. And, and uh, so it's kind of funny how you follow that through the career. And you get to play them. It's like I played against you in high school and then in the Penn League and then Hawaii League and a couple other leagues. It's fun to see people. Then you start rooting for people along the way. Yeah, no doubt. Well, this has been great, man. We're, we're filming this during uh, anything that you're noticing as a scout, um, that maybe some suggestions you have for any high school kids that would, they're say draftable type players. Any thoughts on that? I always tell kids, go out, have fun, try to win, be there for your team, be there for your teammates. And whatever happens after this happens, like, because and I don't know if you did it as, as an amateur player or not as an amateur. Once you sign, when you look back, you're on a good high school team. How many fun memories and how fun the season was being with a lot of your high school. They're, because your high school team, they were your friends growing up, a lot of them. And I try to tell kids all the time, like, just enjoy this. Like, don't get too stressed out about the draft. The draft is what it is. Just play the game. You'll be a better player by playing for the right reasons. Right. And I try to give that advice to a lot of, of the high school kids. No doubt, man. Enjoy that senior year. You know, those are your best friends. They typically remain your best friends. And a couple of them kind of go off to the side a little bit, do some different things. But, but now, yeah, man, high school is so fun. Um, maintain having that enjoyment for the game. Because sometimes a lot of those kids, they, they might go play junior college. They may go to a D1 and 
lot of them don't end up in pro ball. But man, what those are the best experiences, no doubt. Pro ball is fun, but it's not the same kind of fun as as the high school. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, Jaime, man, this has been awesome. I, I appreciate your time. Uh, we got to get back you know, prepared for the draft. So I wish you the best of luck for this draft. Hopefully, you get somebody good, and yeah. I'll, I'll be seeing you in this on the scouting trail. Hopefully, uh, area codes. Hopefully, area codes. That's probably where it will start, right? <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me, Chad. I appreciate this. All right, man. Hi, you take care of yourself. We'll see you soon. All right. See you. Okay. We'll see you, man. Have a good one. All right.